This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. Recent studies show many investors have strong confidence in ChatGPT's ability to deliver precise financial guidance, indicating they will lean on artificial intelligence for advice in the future. The decreasing number of financial advisors in the country has also pushed consumers toward robo-advice type services in recent times. Finero Group Managing Director Peter Warren joins me today to discuss recent developments in technology and the impact they have had and still stand to have on the financial advice space. Peter, thanks for joining me. Good to be with you, Cassie. So technology solutions, particularly investment platforms, are thought by many to be the future due to their easy access and cost efficiency, something the financial advice industry struggles to attain. In your opinion, will financial advice ever truly become affordable and easily accessible? And if so, how? Well, I hope so. Um, We have such a well-documented supply and demand gap uh, between what we have in terms of human advisors versus the um, amount of the population that would like some sort of financial advice. Mm-hmm. I think Australians are more aware now of their finances beyond their house. So superannuation balances are becoming quite considerable and people mm-hmm. are becoming more conscious of um, the role that superannuation particularly will play in the future. I think the other element of this question is that as younger Australians find housing affordability to be a real challenge, they're more likely to invest their money in non-housing assets, which are often going to be <laughs> managed funds and, and shares is something I've seen research on as well. So financial advice simply has to become more affordable in the same way that healthcare has to become more affordable. And I think yeah. we've seen uh, enormous innovation starting to happen as a result of back on the back of the pandemic, where you can now visit, you know, get medical assistance from a doctor virtually, um, not having to go to their office anymore. Um, and there's now emerging technologies to improve that. I think we're going to see the same with financial advice. The key change to accelerate this trend, though, is that we need a safer regulatory environment for providers of wealth management services to provide these services digitally than what we currently have. Yeah, it's a really good point. I just want to go back to um, you flagging super, you know, depending on what happens with the quality of advice review, the role of super funds, given that they have the funding to be able to do so, they might actually start providing, you know, their own robo advice type services. What do you think that that could look like? Yeah, well, I mean, the key part to this is that super funds need, I guess, the, uh, the approval or the ability to deduct fees from member accounts to provide this. So currently, um, there's quite tight restrictions on what they can charge for intra-fund advice. And now mm-hmm. they needed a, a better method to sort of collectively charge their member base to, to sort of invest in this type of infrastructure. There is a bit of a common misconception that super funds are washed with, with cash, and they certainly are from an assets or funds under management perspective, but there are actually quite tight constraints on these businesses and what they can invest internally. I suspect with quality advice review, that's going to definitely change. Um, what I would say, though, is that building out these s- services are not is not something that super funds have a track record in, and I think that they are still quite conservative organisations that are going to take quite a lot of time to do this. There'll be two camps, uh, some, some funds that will look to build these services themselves and build something quite bespoke for their member base and what they think will work, and there'll be other funds that look to sort of procure in uh, digital advice providers to sort of accelerate that development to market but they are the critical piece of infrastructure that needs to shift the needle for digital advice. 
Well, taking all of that into consideration, do you think financial advisors are nervous that this new technology could take over the space? And do you think they have a reason to be nervous? I I don't think they're nervous about the technology necessarily. I think they're more nervous about an uneven playing field from a regulatory point of view. So if we end up in a situation where an algorithm or a bit of software can sort of provide pretty good advice to to a super fund member at obviously an incredibly low cost and highly scalable, and yet you're a comprehensive financial advisor who's got a practice in the suburbs and you need to, you know, go through quite a considerable number of hoops uh, to provide advice to people. And then obviously that pushing that cost to provide that advice goes up. Then I think planners have a, you know, a right, a legitimate concern to sort of feel, will they be at a competitive disadvantage? I don't suspect that's going to happen. I think um, governments will not want to have, will want to be sort of technology agnostic and how they um, apply, apply regulatory sort of frameworks around advice providers. So I, I guess it's not so much the technology, Cassie, it's it's really the, the regulatory playing field and making sure that uh, advisors are not at a strategic disadvantage. It's a really good point because technology does seem to move faster than regulation in, in these areas. Sure does. I think AI is a great example. I think crypto is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, crypto regulation only happened uh, last year <laughs> as an investment product uh, yeah. when it was all too late. Everyone lost their money. Buy now, pay later. I think was only regulated as a credit product last year when the, the correction had already happened. I think we're going to see the same with AI, where literally the, the the legislative cycle cannot keep up with technology at the moment. So that's the reality we're in um, right now. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, following the pandemic, there has been a surge in consumers engaging with their personal finances. And to that point, does the influx of new technology pose potential issues? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so much, um, you know, it's been a long problem where people used to get financial advice from, you know, their neighbours or people they played golf with or, you know, from the worst possible sources usually. I think that now has now moved to the online community where people mm. are using forums like Reddit and Discord and, and 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 are now inundated with marketing on Instagram and TikTok regarding from financial advice and influencers. I know this is a, an area that ASIC has been looking closely at. So so we're, we're going to have to do a really good job as an industry, I think, is in terms of advocating for all Australians about what good quality financial advice looks like versus what you're seeing from an influencer. In the same way that the healthcare industry, I think, has the same challenges. You know, you look at the um, the, the wonder drugs that are marketed usually through social media now and where you have people going to their doctor requesting specific medications to be prescribed, particularly for things like weight loss, and yeah. you sort of go, gee, are we going to end up in that situation in financial services? And it's quite yeah. conceivable that we do. So I think financial advisors need to think of themselves as the doctors of our industry and, and, mm-hmm. and the community, and we need to elevate that um, and educate consumers as to what um, what the difference is. Well, we recently saw the closure of Six Park, which was one of the dominant robo-advisors in Australia. Do you think this strengthens a claim that robo-advisors cannot assume a dominant role in the market? Uh, I, I think robo, I think there's a there's a nuance there with Sick Park. I mean, I, I always mm. put Sick Park in as a robo investing platform, so it wasn't really delivering sort of holistic financial advice. It was really designed for people who were had self managed funds or had an invested amount of money to invest, and they just wanted some advice on the best way to invest that in terms of an asset allocation. And that that's a that's a sort of a, a model model we see globally, um, even in markets that are 
15, 20 times bigger than Australia like the US has struggled to get those business models off the ground. They often have huge costs in terms of trying to acquire customers directly and the actual revenue they make is quite low <laughs> off each investment mm. balance. I see the real opportunity and, and probably one of the great um, shames with the six park situations, they had built some really great um, consumer education and onboarding solutions. I think the natural owners of that technology in the future are probably going to be either the banks or the major stockbroking platforms. I think businesses like Comsec, for example, that have two million customers in Australia, that they, you know, so those businesses that have already have those uh, relationships with end investors are probably the natural acquirers or owners of that sort of digital yeah. investing or robo investing um, advice platforms because they're the people who already have a captive market. So I think that's what we're really going to see in the next few years. That's really interesting. I mean, I guess just, you know, after hearing all of your comments, is it fair to say there's a place for both traditional financial advisors and robo-advised type services going forward? Yeah, there has to be just because of population growth. And the unfortunately, we're, we're not doing a terribly good job of rec- finding new graduates to come into our sector. So yes, they have to coexist and, and work well together, certainly. Most advice firms that Fenura works with have actually been increasing their fees, not sending them the other way. So financial advice, unfortunately, is becoming a more and more premium product, uh, uh, almost a luxury product yeah, to an extent. Definitely. Um, and we certainly know that's where most advisors want to head. That's where they want to spend their time. They want to serve. They want lower numbers of clients and more revenue. So um, I, I would say uh, we're going to see the two really coexist. I think for me, there's an interesting middle ground potentially where um, some of the more well-established financial advice brands in Australia um, who sort of have clients or coming to them who are aspirational clients who maybe aren't ready for a full service financial advice solution, but would like still access to their knowledge and expertise in a lighter fashion could potentially use digital advice style of tools to help nurture those clients for the future. Um, I know businesses like Open Invest is a good example of a business that's sort of trying to do that. That's a long, that's a long burn <laughs> to get that model in place, but I see the advantages of that solution. Yeah. Well, I guess we have to watch this space then, hey, Peter? Absolutely. Um, the one thing you, you can say is it's still a, you know, the, the, the fundamentals are still very strong, um, but however, as we've seen in you know, for a long time in, in wealth management, um, this sector just doesn't move terribly fast and the tech's off in the head of the market. So um, hopefully in time, that'll change. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing those insights. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 